0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be interviewing former attorney and now life choreographer, author, speaker, and female empowerment leader, Laura Plank Cheadle. Many people in the professional world told her to be someone who she wasn't. Laura decided to do something about it. More on that on Sunny in Seattle coming up right now. Now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy McMillan. Uh, We're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific. Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. KKNW is the station, and we always are bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, to inspire you, and to give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives at 1150kknw.com. And, Benny, before I forget, I feel like I got an email from Eric Crema, one of our wonderful station guys here at Hubbard Radio, who said we've got it's um, there's something new and exciting happening with the archives. Okay, maybe I should look at the email before I put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Well, I do know we are uh, shifting some things behind the scenes. Yeah. We're moving our podcast to another platform. Yes. That might be it. So we'll have more on that yes. uh, when we have it all official.
1: Okay, okay. Sorry. So I maybe so I should look at the date. S- Sweeten back out the door. But the good news <laughs> is be looking out yes. for this because mm-hmm. it's um, KKW is going to not just have SoundCloud archives, which you know you have to access. Right. It's a, maybe a little trickier. It's going to be a podcast that's available on, you right. know,
0: which we kind of do for some of our shows here. But we are kind of shifting into a different direction yeah. to help all of our hosts out and get them a little bit. Uh, I guess get some more traction for your shows. There you, you know, go. What I mean, you're international yeah. already. We just want to go a little further than that, maybe yeah. globally, outside <laughs> the moons and all the <laughs> other planets. I mean, we're on Mars, so <laughs> what? you never know. You
1: never know. Okay. I say. Did we just lay in there and drive around for a little bit? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we just did that. So, surely we can get our podcast okay. going for KKW. Okay. Put a flag saying Sonny was here. Yeah. So, we've given you basically no specific information other than to say, stay tuned. Yeah, right. The podcast will become more readily available. Or the show will become. More readily available as a yeah. podcast form. So, And
0: anyway. my deepest apologies. I forgot to load the show from back on the 4th of January. It was my birthday, folks. Right. So give me some space, <laughs> okay? So my apologies for loading that <laughs> show. It is now up
1: for the podcast. <laughs> okay. Cause I know Sunny. Uh huh. Had to mention and that. To that apology man. is really mainly going out to my mother, who, is the one <laughs> <laughs> who says, sorry, "Where is the show in the That's in the fault. archives?" And I'm sorry. So, but the good news is, Benny, that was my mom's birthday too, so she understands oh, the oh. madness of a birthday. So yeah, 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 right. yeah. High five, yeah. right there. Yeah, okay. okay, got it done. Okay, so. Um, more housekeeping. Uh, so my website is goldenoversoul.com. If you want to find out more about me, connect with me for coaching. Um, don't forget that you can still access my book for free. Um, you can download it for free um, right now at unhitched. Book.com. And of course, the book is Unhitched, Unlock Your Courage and Clarity to Unstick Your Bad Marriage. Um, So again, that website is unhitchedbook.com. The official release date, like when it will be in bookstores and available on Amazon and all that good stuff is next week, January 22nd. Woohoo! So um, feel free to pre-order it there if you want to get that actual physical copy. Um, And let's see, one event to mention, I will be at East West Bookshop next week on Wednesday, January 23rd, 7.30 p.m. We will be doing a book signing and a talk. Um, And um, I mentioned this last week, but, you know, um, the book is specifically designed for folks who are not feeling so good in their marriage. Um, But the talk will be designed um, for anybody out there um, who wants to get unhitched from something that is not serving you. And that could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be a belief system um, that you've carried with you a long time. Um, so it will be, it's not just for people who are unhappy in their marriage, is what I am trying to tell you guys. So I invite you to come out and see me. It's free. Um, and again, that's at eastwestbookshop.com right here in Seattle. Okay, so Benny, any, any news with you other than... The update on the archive? No, pretty much. uh, (laughs) uh,
0: I guess uh, Alessandra was here Mm -hmm, recently, mm -hmm. too, so uh, we're moving in a different direction. I might have landed a date or two. Oh, that's right. Not not from her connection, unfortunately, because I had some other things kind of in the works that last weekend. So I can tell you about that maybe after the show.
1: Uh, Well... Put it all out there for the listeners. Well, you guys okay. brought it up
0: every other show. I know like,
1: we have, yes. Oh, no, things are moving in, in a good direction for 2019. Well, very nice. Yeah. Okay, then we're going to let's just say this <laughs> we will explore this deeper when Alessandra is back in the studio for our February bada show. Bada boom, bada bing, so, ding it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's okay. another teaser for you. Are you keeping track of all these? Yeah, I know, we've got a few. <laughs> and I'm interested in that one that's most. <laughs> most recent one. Okay, so let's go ahead and bring on our amazing guest today. So just as by way of background here, um, there is a station in, um, I believe it's Boston, um, that is very similar to KKNW. It's very progressive, spiritual, um, and just provides a lot of really positive talk programming. So I had the privilege, I reached out to a fellow host um, on that station, Laura Cheadle, who was our guest today. And um, I was immediately um, really intrigued by her story because she, like me, is uh, was an attorney. Um, I don't know. We'll have to ask her if her license is still active. I keep mine active. Um, just, I don't know. It's probably an ego thing. but. Anyway, we both used to practice law. We do not anymore and have gone in a very different direction. And I'm always, always fascinated by folks who have decided to make that very big switch. Um, So anyway, it was so much fun to be on her show. And then she reached back out to me and said, hey, I've got a book coming out in 2019 and she's got a retreat coming up. And I just love her story because I have to say, even having been on her show, I didn't realize really the true transformation, the fact that burlesque was one of the catalysts that really launched her into what she does now, which is helping women. So I'll just give you the official bio here. Um, so Laura Cheadle, and it's L-O-R-A, uh, Laura Cheadle is a corporate attorney turned burlesque star. She's also a life choreographer and radio host who has inspired hundreds of women to find joy and reveal their authentic selves. Using burlesque as a vehicle, and I cannot wait to hear more about how she does this, but using burlesque as a vehicle, she shows women how to metaphorically strip down, get emotionally and intellectually naked, reveal their brains, beauty, and beliefs, and develop an unshakable sense of what she calls naked self-worth, and I love this concept. Um, Her diverse background as an attorney, a hypnotherapist, as well as a fitness trainer, Um, All of those things really give her the ability to spot the root cause of self-judgment and zero in on solutions that keep women happy, healthy, and burnout-free. When she's not on stage, Laura can be found adventuring through the Rocky Mountains with her two sons or exploring the world with her husband. So um, her current website is PyramidFusion.com. That's PyramidFusion.com. I don't want to – I know giving out too many websites and things can get confusing, especially if you're in the car and can't really write them down. I will just say – her new website is about to be released. Um, it's not available now, so I just give you the PyramidFusion.com in case you want to reach out to her and find out more. But the one to be really looking for in the near future is her name, LauraCheadle.com. And that's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. Um, and she's also got an awesome Facebook group that I'm going to have her tell us a little bit more about called, um, she's, it's, it's the Flaunt Flock Facebook group. So, Laura, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here and wow, what a great introduction.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I have to tell you, Laura, I when I started going through your materials and of course, guys, I got a sneak peek at um her book in the works so far and you're going to love it. I mean, she's a fabulous writer. But Laura, I had no idea that Burlesque had been such a pivotal point for you in really making that full transition. And so I got I'm just really excited. It seems like such an amazing, like you say, a vehicle to help women. Um, but before we actually even dive into that, you know, I want I just want to hear about, you know, your background as an attorney. Um, I love this story that I in looking at your materials that you share um, in one of your speaking engagements about that first case that you won. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, you're an attorney. You get, win this first case. And what happens?
2: Absolutely. I was so proud of myself. I worked so hard. I found this obscure case. I lawyered my way through it. And as soon as the case was over, the judge literally banged his gavel and he said, you, I want to see you in my office. And I was terrified. I'd never been in front of a judge before and I didn't know what I had done wrong. I thought he was going to congratulate me and say, wow, what a promising career you have. Keep up the good work. You, know, you, you persevered. Oh, no, 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 no. He said, you know what? If you want to be taken seriously, you need to be wearing pants, not a skirt. Uh-huh. And your hair, if I were you, I would put it up. Can, can you put it in a bun or something? That'll make you look much more lawyerly. And what's all this about smiling with your clients? I was mortified wait what about my research what about my lawyering ability what about the memos that I wrote you you care about how I look you don't care about my intellect my ability to connect with people on a human level you care about how I look and here's the kicker he told me I made opposing counsel look bad oh and that opposing counsel was a really well-established attorney. So that was not a good thing to do.
1: Oh, gosh. And, you know, it's so funny, Laura, hearing that because uh, was this in California that this happened? Actually, this was in Colorado. Colorado. I practiced in both states, but this was Colorado. Okay. Well, either way, I would say so. I was went to law school at the University of Texas. Um, I was with a big firm in Austin. Um, and of course, Austin is a pretty progressive city, as as you know, they, Molly Ivins always used to call it the blueberry dot and the big tomato soup. But there were a lot yep. of little towns that we would have to go to outside of Austin, and um, and there were. It's so funny. It's like the exact opposite. Um, of course, you know, in I would Colorado and California. I know those two areas where you practice um, are, are of course a little more progressive. But we would have judges on the flip side. We were not allowed in the courtroom unless we were wearing a skirt because girls wear skirts and men wear uh-huh. pants, and you need to fulfill the gender role that is most associated <laughs> with a female. Uh-huh. And so we would get, we were not allowed. There were certain judges that you knew you had to wear a freaking skirt. And I'm like, oh my God, these old white men, I'm sorry. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like they've all got an opinion on what we're supposed to be doing. Anyway, exactly. So you had, you, I mean, I a similar experience, just a little bit on the flip side of that. But anyway, yeah. So, so tell me then, you know, what happened from there that really, because um, you had a successful ten year career as an attorney. I didn't practice that long.
2: I did. I, I practiced in California for an insurance defense firm, and then I went in house um, at an insurance company, and it was great. However, I was constantly aware of the fact that I was being judged in a way that the men were not being judged. I was constantly being told to watch my voice or to not be so happy or to pitch down a little bit. And oftentimes, and I'm guessing a lot of your listeners can relate to this too, people will take your ideas or step on your words, or you will say something and they will say, what she really means is... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it just wears a person out. It burns you out on your career. It burns you out on being human and it makes made me at least start wondering, are you kidding? There's got to be more to it than this.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that actually is something I wanted to ask you about because I noticed a theme in looking at your materials, you know, that that you had the idea that there was something more and I I had that same experience myself. And I don't know about you, but, you know, uh, um, as an attorney, I felt like I had, you know, had enough. I'd had um, an education that I was proud of. I was in a profession that I felt good about um, that, you know, I think at least the community that I was in valued that. And then, you know, you have all these other trappings that come along with that. And yet there is something more. So for me, it wasn't something more grandiose or fancy, but I just knew there had to be something more than this. Yes. What was, Absolutely. Yeah. What was that like for you? It was a
2: very similar journey. I had achieved the intellectual summit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I I had done it. And I thought, well, this is great, and I'm enjoying my work, but this doesn't feel good. It, now what? And I couldn't quite figure out what that now what was. And I had kids, and I loved that, and I had some great relationships, and I loved that, but I was always on the hamster wheel. I was always racing through my days and then collapsing into bed at night and then waking up kind of with a sense of dread. Okay, I've got to get the kids ready, and I've got to drop them off to school, and oh my God, it's my friend's birthday, and I wish I could make lunch, and how am I going to make that work? And now and you've got to get to the store. and The laundry, I forgot the laundry. There's wet clothes in the washer. There was constantly just that sense of racing through my days. And sure, I had many moments of enjoyment. Sure, I would go on vacation. Sure, I would go out to lunch. But it just wasn't satisfying or fulfilling in the way that I thought it should be. And I kept wondering what it was that I was missing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, you knew something was missing.
3: How did you find it?
2: Well, what I started doing, I, it was actually happenstance and I tell this story in my book. One day I was racing through my emails and there's one of those coupon sites where you can you know click through and and see, oh, try this you know, place for a facial, try this place. Well I saw this um, coupon for a pole dancing class oh, now <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. I have taught fitness since 1988. I love dancing. I was a cheerleader, I danced. it was fun and I thought, this looks like fun. This is so outside of my box. But I would never do that. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. No, 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 no. I, I'm not going to pole dance.
1: And how old were you at this point, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Oh, I maybe 42, okay, 43, okay. somewhere okay. in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Clicked
2: on it. Yeah, clicked on it. My credit card had been stored in the system, and I bought it. <laughs> oh, there's
1: the universe giving oh, you what yeah. you needed, even if you weren't ready. Sure, <laughs> it was stored. Oh, sure. the Benny's it. The <laughs> <laughs> truth comes out. Yep. Oh,
2: Good.
1: Yay. Yes.
2: <laughs> so I'm cheap. I'm a cheap skate. If I'm gonna spend, you know, forty bucks on something, I'm gonna show up and do my three classes. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. I was judgmental. I wanted to do it, but I was afraid. Well, just getting back into my body and getting into an environment where there were women from probably 25 to 55, all in short booty shorts, little (laughs) bra tops, climbing poles, (laughs) looking all sorts of ways and feeling good and loving each other and being like, whoa, you're so hot. You know, my first day, I'm like, she's not hot. I'm not hot. None of us are hot. I'm not strong. I'm falling on my face. What are you talking about? (laughs) By my third class, something had kind of switched over, and I thought, you know what? It does not matter how I look, it matters how I feel, and this feels good. And this is fun, and my heart is singing. And I'm using muscles that I didn't know that I had. Mm -hmm. And I'm high-fiving other women. And we're laughing when we fall on our face. And it's fun. And this is what I've been missing.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you knew you were onto something, what we call a hot track in my coaching practice, like when you're tracking something. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And my word for that in my practice is finding your fetish because Ah. the word fetish, such a naughty little word, and we feel guilty saying it. We're like, "Oh, I can't have a fetish. Well, guess what we all do? We all have something that we're crazy passionate about, but we're a little embarrassed to talk about, whether it's knitting. Who wants to talk about knitting? (laughs) (laughs) Or dancing. We're all a little bit embarrassed by our fetishes, but we all have them, and they're the things that make life worth living.
1: Absolutely. And so this brings me, you know, how did, then, this pole dancing class translate into you becoming, like, a, 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 a very committed burlesque dancer?
2: Woohoo! hoo I took a workshop. I started taking pole dancing classes. Mm-hmm. And there was a workshop at the studio on Discover Burlesque. And I thought, it's a movie with Cher. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took the class, and I started Googling it and researching it, and it appealed to my intellectual sense so much. A burlesque, for those who don't know, is a parody. It's ironic. There's humor. It's poking fun at cultural norms. It is moving into that which we might find offensive, Uh but that everybody does.
1: Yes. And that's one of the things that I really liked about the section of the book that, that I was privileged to read, um, which I loved, by the way, Laura. I know I mentioned it in the intro, but I just wanted to tell you specifically, since we didn't have much time before we got on air, I am very excited to read this finished I mean, this is like advanced reader stage stuff. It is amazing, and I cannot wait to read the full book.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much.
1: No, absolutely. But, but yeah, you included a history of burlesque in there, or a, and, and I really, because I... I mean, I've been to Vegas. I've seen what they call burlesque, and it is not, I don't think, in the traditional. Some of, at least the ones that I have seen, were not right. the traditional. And so I was hoping you could even give a little more background on it because I think it's important, especially for what it means to how you incorporate it into your practice now.
2: Absolutely. Burlesque in the U.S. has the Vod, it comes from the vaudeville history. And during the Depression, during those times, we had the working class and we had the upper crust. And the upper crust could go to the opera, they could go to the theater, they mm-hmm. could do all of this stuff. Well, the working people couldn't do that. They couldn't afford it. So they would go to things like the traveling, you know, carnivals, the mm-hmm. burlesque shows, the vaudeville circuit. And one of the ways that they found humor was poking fun of the upper crust, ah. poking fun of all of these social mores oh you can't show your wrist you can't show your ankle well here they are and they're doing it <laughs> <laughs> and no one's so, dying <laughs> no nobody's okay. dying and you know in, in any culture and it's not saying our values are bad but in our culture nudity is considered oh we can't do that yeah and it's in a done in a weird way like a breastfeeding woman a woman breastfeeding in public that's controversial but an ad for bras that shows breasts yeah, that's good. Right.
1: Yeah. it's It, it just makes me think, you know, I, we have a very a puritanical history in the country, and I forget who said this, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but, the you know, puritanism is the haunting belief that somewhere someone is happy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that's what makes burlesque so powerful. It puts on stage some of our beliefs that acts them out so we can laugh at them and we can say, yeah, I I own that belief. And and I believe that to a certain extent, but I don't. And that's funny. And instead of getting all wound around the axle about it, let's just laugh about it and say, yep, we're all that way. It's funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, um, I'll just, this is a quote from the book that um, burlesque pokes fun at the fact that sex, age, sexuality, and non-photoshop bodies are all things we have, but deny ourselves to others, but deny about ourselves to others. Um, and I love yeah. that. and that really, yeah, um, so I'm curious, because the way that the the person that you are now, I assume, has shifted dramatically from that first pole dancing, first burlesque class that you took. but, um, and you're very confident now. Was it, did it um, come naturally that easily or did you have to, did it take a while to shed some of the, oh, I don't want to be seen, you know, in in that light or that way or I'm still insecure about my body or did you have any of that? Yes, I did.
2: Now, I had said earlier, I'd been a dancer my whole life. So Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, I was confident about my body. Mm -hmm. However... I was in my 40s at this place. I was a mom of two. I was not an 18-year-old dancer Mm -hmm. anymore. So, yes, things had shifted. And I was, as a perfectionist, as the lawyer, I had to do everything right. I had this image of myself. And I kept falling into the, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a lawyer. I've been told I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm -hmm. And no, does my body look as good as it did when I was 18? Heck no. Do I care about that? Not anymore. Mm. because what shifted was that belief that I have to be perfect and I have to be worthy because I am worthy for me. I am not worthy based on how little I eat or how much I work out or if I have a tan or if I have a stretch mark or how my hair looks. I am worthy just for being me. And my self-worth, and this is what I call naked self-worth, is realizing that I am just as worthy showing up with no makeup and my hair in a hat, as I am showing up with a full face and lashes and perfectly done hair. My worth is in me. Mm -hmm. My worth is not in how good or bad or how close I look to a Photoshopped person.
1: Oh, I love that. And I really, this idea, the concept of self-worth, this is one of my biggest passions in this lifetime because of my own journey of always looking to externals, Um, like education Mm -hmm. or money or, uh, you know, a perfect body as what would make me worthy. And I know that that's not the case. And I'm on, I'm still, I I think I know where it comes from, but it's still the journey that I'm on. And I actually, I'm looking at our time. Um, Let's take our break. And when we come back, we will continue the conversation about this, uh, this concept of naked self-worth and how you went from, um, you know, Uh, that cultural belief system of things needing to be perfect to knowing that you're worthy without any of that stuff. So um, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. I am joined today by Laura Cheadle. Um, That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. She is um, the author of the upcoming book, Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy, Spiritual Self. That's coming out um, toward the end of 2019. She's got a retreat Um, based on this program and the principles and all of this that we will talk about in the second half of the show. And the website, if you want to check her out right now while we are on break, is pyramidfusion.com. We'll be back in just a few. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad
3: marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rear from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org. Sunny in Seattle,
1: radio that positively shines. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Um, I'm your host, Sunny Joy. And if you, uh, I guess, unfortunately, the camera is not pointed toward Benny, but Benny has been showing off some burlesque dance moves here in the studio (laughs) as we come back in from the break. I, my best. Uh, I am joined today by Laura <laughs> Cheadle. Um, she is an author, a speaker, a life choreographer, a former attorney, much like myself, and a burlesque star, thus the music. So welcome back to the show, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Love the music. I know. Benny's <laughs> always on point with the music. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So we were talking before the break. Um. On I was asking you if if it was an easy transition. Um. As you started taking some pole classes in the burlesque, if you just were able to like reveal it all and feel good about it, and you had said that uh, what I heard you say was that you realized that your self worth came from just loving who you were. Um. And I'm curious, like that I. I am still wrapping my arms around that one myself to really put that into practice and to really let it sink into my cells and just b- emanate from my being. I'm not there mm-hmm. yet, and I'm curious, mm-hmm. how did you do that? I, I'm, I'm still, like, scratching my head a bit on that myself.
2: Well, I wish I could snap my fingers and say, this is it. And unfortunately, it is a process. But here's how the process worked for me. I would have opportunities come up. For instance, Harris. Casino. Mm-hmm. They called at one point and wanted a dance troupe that I was dancing with to dance in Vegas. Oh, fun. Well, oh, it was wonderful. But I have all these limitations, these limiting beliefs come up in my head. I can't do it. it they're asking me to dance on Easter weekend and I have kids, so I can't go. Uh-huh. They're asking me and it's only three weeks away and I don't have enough time to lose this last 10 pounds. <laughs> and That's going to cost money, and I can't spend that money. My my kids are going to go to college someday, and that's going to take it away from my family. So those were the beliefs that came up. Now, fortunately, I had people in my life that would kind of help prod me, and they would say things like, Laura, your kids are 16 and 18. They don't believe in the Easter bunny. Why do you think you need to be home on Easter morning? (laughs) And I'd go, oh. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And, Laura, you work. You have money. You really think a $200 plane ticket to go dance in Vegas is going to make her break you? And it just was those slow shifts and those so slow process of other people questioning and me digging deep and questioning myself where I started realizing, you know what? I'm worth it, too. Yeah, I work I take care of my kids, I do everything for everybody else, but what about me? Now, it wasn't that you know mid-40s was close to death or anything, but if not now, when? When is it going to be my turn? Mm-hmm. And I decided I could get busy living, or I could just get busy being a little bit frustrated and constantly wondering if there was something more.
1: Yeah, so I assume you did it.
2: <laughs> I did. Oh, how and, was it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, to be fair, I go through my five steps. I challenge myself with my little five steps of flaunt often to help me stay aware and conscious of what am I doing? Am I living a label? Am I living a role? Am I living somebody else's script? Or am I living my life? And if I'm not writing my own script, I always have to challenge myself to step back, get busy, and figure out what it is I want to create.
1: Yeah, and and when we're talking about this idea of doing these things for ourselves, well, actually, before I even go into that, I just have to ask. I want to hear about the experience in Vegas. Was it, <laughs> was it fun? It
2: was glorious. It was glorious, and it was so much fun. And this is an experience that I have often when I dance. People come up to you after the show, and they don't say, I notice you're 10 pounds overweight. <laughs> they don't say it's obvious you've nursed two babies for four years. <laughs> they say, holy cow, you're amazing. You're so brave. You have freed me up. If you can do it, I can do it.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh. That's it. Yes. I love that. And I'm so, I'm just so glad that you gave yourself that beautiful gift of being able to do that. I mean, how many people can say they danced at Harrah's in Vegas? That's pretty cool. I, know. Of, I mean, maybe it's not everybody's dream, but I'm a former dancer cheerleader everything myself. And so that sounds like the ultimate fun performance just to go like on a lark and just do yep. to have done it. So anyway, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so we were talking about really that foundational component of what you call naked self-worth. So what, what exactly is or how do you define naked self-worth?
2: How I define it is I, one of the words that I use a lot is sparkle. And I believe that all souls sparkle. It's just that we get covered up with, you know, like I had mentioned, labels. You're the funny one, you're the together one, ooh, you're the fat one. Mm -hmm. We get covered up with other people's labels. We get confused, and we think roles that we play are who we are. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a worker. Mm -hmm. And then we have these scripts playing in our heads. People of my age should do this. People of my socioeconomic background do this. Mm -hmm. People of my political party believe this. And pretty soon, our sparkly soul is covered up with so many labels, so many roles, and running so many scripts that it's dull. dull. And we're not sparkling, and we're not shiny, and we're not happy. And we're left wondering, is there something more? Why do I not wake up and go, yes, I'm so grateful to be alive? So what Naked Self-Worth is, it's the ability to strip down out of those labels, out of those roles, to release those scripts, and to realize My soul is perfect and sparkly and wonderful just the way it is. And to know we all have a different truth. Reveal it. That's what's going to make you happy. Mine might be different than yours. It might be the same than yours. It doesn't matter. Let's reveal them all and let the world see us for exactly who we are, and they will recognize our strength and our truth, and they will respect us and love us and support
1: us more
2: for doing that, then they will for watching us desperately try to fulfill a role that doesn't really suit us.
1: Yes, and one of the things that stood out to me about your definition of naked self-worth, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is just, um, I lifted this from the, uh, the book. Um, so naked self-worth, valuing yourself for who you are and revealing all facets, and here's the key part, without seeking to please or conform. And for me, I didn't even realize I was doing it But I, for example, as a wife, I really thought that I I needed to be pleasing um, in terms of my appearance. Like I wanted to maintain, uh, and my uh, my ex-husband never asked this of me. This was all me, so I'm not, (laughs) I don't want anyone Mm -hmm. to think that he was doing this, but I always thought that I needed to be, you know, appropriately dressed and the right size with my hair done and my makeup. And mind you, this is in Texas, so I know things are a little bit, I mean, you know, it's more of like the beauty queen culture than it is, you know, out here in the Pacific Northwest. Like I go days without wearing makeup out here and I never did that in Texas. (laughs) But anyway, but I thought it was, I needed to be pleasing. Like everything that I did, becoming an attorney, I thought that would be pleasing to my peers and my family. I thought that being the perfect size and the perfect looking wife would be pleasing to my husband, that he would be proud of me. I never considered (laughs) what I wanted or how I felt comfortable. I just put myself in the little conforming box of pleasing in appearance and behavior and profession and education. And oh my gosh, to think that I have the right to just be without needing to be pleasing to others was a, a revelation of epic proportions to me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So and I am curious, though, um, because as I mentioned self-worth and I I do want to go over, you know, the steps of flaunt. So but I'm self-worth is something that I'm really passionate about. But where do you think so I'll just say what I my belief like for me, the best uh, way that I have found to really have a solid foundation and self-worth is recognizing that I am underneath this human body uh, a magnificent spiritual being that was born perfect and worthy and all of this. so connecting with that part of myself as the spiritual being um, that is yeah. valued by the creator that was key for me so I'm curious for you Laura where do you think that the rock solid uh, as you call it rock solid self-worth comes from
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. There is that belief of, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, Yes, and for me, I always believe that, and I root very solidly into that and into my sense of spirituality, but where I'm a little bit different is I root that into the body, because we are on Earth right now, Mm -hmm. and as spiritual beings, we all know we're perfect. So, hey, let's get into these bodies and let's love our bodies and know that they're perfect exactly as they are. Mm-hmm. And we've got these personalities covering our spiritual self. Let's move into our personalities and feel the perfection in that as well. And what I talk about in my book and also where the burlesque comes in is it's it's the great American cover-up or the great, you know, feminine cover-up. Mm-hmm. We're always covering ourselves up, and the implication is I'm covering up because something's wrong, because my body's wrong, because my beliefs are wrong, because my desires are wrong. And we reflect that out to other people because the energy that we carry within us is the energy that we are showing the world. So when we show up with this energy that something's wrong, something's wrong, I've got to hide, we kind of give other people the clue, ooh, something's wrong with her. Oh, yeah, I better not trust her. Something's wrong with her. And if we can make that shift within ourselves, then the message and the energy we are carrying out to other people is, I'm fine who I am. I'm a little different than you. My body's a little different. My beliefs are a little different. My ideas are a little different, and I'm fine with that. And then other people are more likely to reflect back positively to us because our energy is calm, and neutral and peaceful, and they don't feel on an innate sense something's wrong. What's going on? Right, because we're we're, we're naked and we're happy. Yes.
1: So, so <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this. You've you've talked about the first step there, but you've got that how you work with women is you're using this burlesque as a vehicle to strip away costumes, masks we've been wearing, releasing unreasonable expectations basically just putting everything down, and I'm, I'm using your words here, putting down everything that's holding people or women back from loving themselves and living their lives fully. Okay, so you've got five steps to this flaunt uh, process. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes, the first step is find your fetish, and we talked about that a little bit. Whatever it is you love to do, Embrace it. Don't run away from it. Allow yourself time to do it. You are not selfish by taking an hour away to go do a class or to knit your sweater or to play soccer or whatever it is. Find your fetish and do it. Rolls right into step 2L. Laugh out loud. Laughter cleanses the body. Laughter heals us. Laughter is fun. Every day we should have authentic laughter and joy. And if we're not, that's something to look look at. Look out. What's holding us back from laughing? Mm-hmm. Third step is the biggie. Au accept unconditionally, and the you know on the periodic table, Au is the symbol for gold, and that's what I call your golden opportunity.
1: Oh my god, so, that's amazing! Isn't that perfect? <laughs> yes, <is> so perfect. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> accepting unconditionally both yourself as well as others. Mm-hmm. Because when I accept me unconditionally, you can take me or leave me, but this is who I am, and I'm not going to dance in circles for you. And then when I accept other people unconditionally, I know where I stand. I accept you and I keep you in my life or I say, no, that doesn't work. And we peacefully let each other go out of mutual respect. Yes. You know, we don't sit around saying, if only Uncle Bill would quit drinking on holidays and embarrassing himself. That's Uncle Bill. (laughs) Let him be who he is. You're not going to change him. Accept him unconditionally. Invite him and know that's going to happen or don't invite him and know that it won't. And
1: yes yes
2: yep N is navigating the negative life is messy and sticky and we're all dealing with stuff have your tools to navigate the negative you don't quit you navigate hmm. and one of my favorite examples is that in that is thinking about driving home if you're driving home from work and there's construction or a storm or an accident you don't get out of your car and say oh it wasn't meant to be <laughs> No, no, no. Everybody gets home from work, right? Right. (laughs) So that's navigation. We take the detour. We backtrack. We do what it takes to get there. So why in our lives, when roadblocks come up, when accidents happen, are we so willing to say, oh, it's just not meant to be, I quit? Right. No, 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 no. Navigate. Okay. And then my, yep, then my very last step is T, trust in your truth. You're the only one in your body. You're the only one that knows what your trust, your truth is. Your only job is to trust in that truth, because as we talked about that spiritual being, you were created perfect. This is your being. Trust it.
1: Yes, I love that. And you know, one of the things that occurs to me, you know, as you're going through these steps, which are amazing, and that that the AU part being gold. Oh my gosh, that is gold. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) But you know, to be able. These are really – these are very serious – I say serious, but these are big issues that we're talking about, you know, women feeling comfortable in their bodies, women not feeling ashamed to reveal their beliefs, reveal their bodies, reveal who they really are. Um, and Because we've had, you know, millennia of being, um, in many cases, told what we were supposed to act like and dress like and be like and what we couldn't do versus what we were capable of doing. Um, and so these are serious things that we're untangling, I think, at this moment in our human evolution, um, particularly as women. Um, and But to approach it from the burlesque standpoint, which is by nature fun and there's a lot mm-hmm. of laughter... Like oh my gosh, this is just, I, I just Laura, I sound like I'm good, like have been hired as your publicist here, but I just think like <laughs> hey. this is such a an amazing way to help us untangle these quite serious things that we are hoping to you know move forward from now at this point. Um, and I just I have to applaud you and giving women a way to approach it. That, to me, sounds really fun with a lot of laughter, like you say, which does increase our creativity and our intellect when we laugh.
2: It does. It does. And you're absolutely right. It's a huge game of dress-up. Life is a huge game of dress-up. And sometimes our clothes get outdated. Sometimes we're wearing hand-me-downs that don't belong to us. Take them off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Take them off. It's easy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially using the flaunt process. So Absolutely. Um, so I want to make sure that we have time also to, um, I would love since we've gone through the five steps of Flaunt, um so is this what you'll be doing at your upcoming workshop um in in March? Yes,
2: it is. We move through the five steps, but we do it a little you know deeper. We really move into our archetypes, figuring out who's scripts we're, you know, living out, figuring out who am I, who am I versus who are my roles. And then we play with that and we do some deep activities, looking in the mirror and doing, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest one of all. Mm-hmm. And what do I see in me? Because unless I see it in me, others can't see it in me. Right. Right and yeah and yes we laugh and we play and we move and we do some very basic dance movements, but also based on the chakras and the energy so we know how to move our bodies to portray what it is that we're feeling Mm -hmm. and we create a burlesque identity and we drop our cover Mm -hmm. and we applaud and play and move through some pretty deep stuff Mm -hmm. we'll have plenty of laughter but we're also going to have plenty of tears And women will walk away feeling refreshed and solid with that sense of knowing who they are and what they believe versus constantly striving for something that they're not.
1: Right. I love that. Um, so just logistics, the workshop is on um, March 31st, which is a Sunday and also happens to be my birthday. So that's a lot hey. of fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so Sunday, March 31st, um, from nine to five. Um, it is very reasonably priced, you guys. Um, and it's called Find Your Flaunt. It's in Colorado. So Laura, if people are interested in coming out for that, what's the best way for them to either sign up or find out more?
2: Um, a couple of different ways. They can go to my website at pyramidfusion.com. Uh-huh. Um, under the shop, I have a little link uh-huh. under there. They can find out about that. People can email me and find out information, and I can send them the flyer. Uh, that's Laura, L-O-R-A, at Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A, C-H-E-A-D-L-E, dot com. Uh-huh. Um, I've got you know the flyer that I can send. They can also, oh, 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 I've got it on my Facebook, Swant Flock. Oh, yeah. Uh, my Tell flaunt- us about that. <laughs> yeah. That is a group of women who are committed to finding their flaunt and living their flaunt. And it's a place for support where people can say, oh, my gosh, I'm being boxed in by my relatives, and how do I break out of this without disrupting the status quo to the point that it's impacting my life? Right. So. Yeah. We support each other. Here's something you can do. We share stories. We share our successes. We applaud each other. I I go live, provide information. We just really connect and love on each other and support each other. And I've got information on my retreat in my Flaunt Flock Facebook group as
1: well. Yes. So if they were just to go to Facebook and search Flaunt Flock, they would find it?
2: They would, okay. and then they would have to request to join because mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my group
1: safe. Yes, but, good yeah. call. <laughs> We like that. I know sometimes being on social media and the interwebs these days doesn't feel so safe, but I like those closed or private groups so that you know it's a very curated experience so that you're not getting a lot of the, the garbage that can happen out there. So, awesome. Um, so, you know, one of the things that stood out to me when I was reading the excerpt from your book, and I thought this was really interesting, um, because this, is you know, we're a pretty spiritual crowd here, I think, at KKNW. Um, you say that your own spiritual self-growth journey mirrored the concepts found in burlesque, tease, voyeurism, slow reveal. Can you say more about what that looked like for you?
2: Yes. I love the whole spiritual aspect of things, but I'm not sure if, you know, if listeners have had this experience mm-hmm. or if you can relate. There's always something more. Yeah, You meditate. Yes, I get to one level. You see that next level oh, really, now I have to go there? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah, we can be kind and compassionate, and this is wonderful. And then you're challenged to this other level, and you think, I can't do that. God, you've asked too much. Universe, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was always something more. And for me, I'm always peeking around. What are other people doing? Well, how did they do this? Well, how does this work for them? And sometimes it's wonderfully fulfilling, and other times it's really frustrating Mm -hmm. because we can be so good and so perfect and then something happens and you totally lose your temper and then you beat yourself up because I'm this yogini and I just yelled at my kids really yeah Yeah. I'm 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 worthless I'm no good I didn't do it blah 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 it's okay Mm -hmm. and that's that burlesque journey there's always more to uncover there's always more to reveal there's always something else and it's humorous and it's okay and it looks different for other people and there's times it's going to go fast and there's times it's going to go slow and there's times your music's going to go off and there's times you're going to fall down and there's times you're going to have a wardrobe malfunction and the point is you're going to get to that ending place no matter what so are you going to do it with grace and forgiveness or are you going to throw a temper tantrum tantrum, toss your boa down and Stomp off the stage and quit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And, yeah, I don't, um, (laughs) any, uh, was there more? I didn't mean to cut you off there. Was there more on the spiritual growth and the, the, um, uh, how that tied into the burlesque themes? I think that's mostly it. It's that spiritual growth. It's fun.
2: It's funny. We're all seekers and we're all messing up all at the same time. Yes. And it's, again, it, it's just like the burlesque routine. Life is like a routine. A routine is a microcosm of life. Yes. What are you going
1: to do with your life?
2: Find your ending destination and get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think it's so important that you mentioned just there because sometimes I think we can get a little bit you know, serious face about spiritual things. But no, I think that one of the things that I've heard one of my favorite spiritual teachers say is the one thing that translates perfectly between our side of the veil and the ethereal realms is humor. Like laughter Mm -hmm. is, and my friend, um, my sweet friend, she's my partner in Sacred Supper Club. She had a near-death experience um, when she had an abdominal aortic aneurysm, which has like a 3% survival rate, I think, Um, in any event. She said when she went to the other side, her first thought, because she was raised Catholic and she was no longer a practicing Catholic and she thought she was going to go to hell um, immediately upon death. She got there and she mm-hmm. was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not dead. I'm OK. And she said she just heard these like beautiful like bells, peals of laughter. And then she realized that all these thoughts that she had were, you know, which were so wrong. And there was just laughter and laughter and laughter. So I'd love that you bring that component of laughter, not only, you know, as it was in your spiritual journey, but into the work you do with the women that you serve. Um, Yeah,
2: very important, very
1: important. And, you know, like that, it's a hard journey.
2: We need to enjoy it. I mean, you don't have to enjoy it, but I'd rather enjoy it. So let's enjoy it. It's, you know, the, the parody and the irony of burlesque. That's Ironic with our spirituality, too. We're all struggling. Let's laugh about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And I think that's a great place to bring us to a close today because we're getting pretty close to the end of the hour. Um, I did want to make sure. So for those of you out there listening, so the book is um, going to be released in 2019 through New World Library, which is one of my favorite publishing houses out there today. It's such um, what an honor, Laura. Um, And the book is called Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, spiritual self. Um, the website, if you want to reach Laura about uh, the, of course, retreat that she's got coming up or the workshop, I'm sorry, in March, on March 31st, that's pyramidfusion.com. Laura's name is spelled L O R A C H E A D L E. Laura Cheadle. And, um, Laura, you know, we've got, gosh, like, um, yeah, about 30 seconds, not even quite a minute left. Um, Any final message you'd like to leave with our listeners today after this awesome conversation we've had?
2: (laughs) Just to not be afraid. It's going to be okay. Reveal (laughs) yourself and have fun. It (laughs) is fun.
1: Yes, and if you need a little help doing that, I think Laura would be a perfect person to learn from. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, You've been listening to Sunny in Seattle, and uh, we will be back next week.